0: Let's talk a little bit about some numbers that uh, kind of, they they surprise me. Um, But it is is raising eyebrows because if you're to believe the headlines, homicides are not being solved in Toronto. So over the last five years, we saw that actually solving murders has plunged by 40%. And when it comes to gun crimes, just 10% have been solved. And this is not a great showing for Toronto cops. And I'm not sure why, because we have really, really good investigative officers. We have some of the best. I I would suggest that we have some of the best in the world. Um, Dealt with a lot of them, like a lot of them. and, And we've just not seen these kinds of numbers. I mean, look, we've got more technology than ever before. We've got more citizens out there shooting these crimes, witnessing these crimes on their phones. We got, you know, tips. You know, are they not coming in? Are people not coming forward? Uh, If you take a look back to 2015, 64% of crimes were solved. So what's changed in the last couple of years? Well, a couple of obvious things. We don't have as many boots on the ground. The other thing is we don't have carding. So is that the reason? Do we not have as much intelligence gathering? And the question I think that's important to ask is, are our cops, whether it's Toronto, London, Burlington, Oakville, uh, Hamilton, anywhere. Are cops now simply too busy so they have to react than be proactive in fighting crime? Let's ask someone who knows. Mike McCormick joins us. He's the president of the Toronto Police Association. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about the numbers. So your immediate reaction to hearing that we are not solving murders like we were says what?
1: Uh, Well, well, first of all, I'm not surprised by the numbers. I I think it's uh, you know, going to your initial point, um, our, the quality of our investigators. There hasn't been a decrease in the quality. We have, uh, as you said, uh, some of the best investigators. It's not the best invest- investigators in the world, uh, and they're working uh, around the clock to solve these things. So that's not the issue. So we can we can put that aside. Um, from talking to our, our people that are involved in intelligence and uh, gathering that, that, type, that type of information that we need to solve these uh, horrendous murders. And, and it, what's particular of interest is that when you talk about the um, homicides by, by firearm or shooting deaths and only uh, a 10% clearance rate, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised by that because we don't have the capacity to gather intelligence and to do investigations like we used to do.
0: So, in in that sense, you're referring to carding no longer being used. Has have well, you, do you believe that that's that's been the issue?
1: Well, I, I think that that has an aspect uh, of it, but again, I'm not saying that you know I'm not advocating. Oh, we want to bring back uh, carding, or we still have the ability to street checks. Our officers do not proactively engage in that, and what I we said all along is that what we need is intelligence from the community so if you have to do it in a way that doesn't alienate the community and is respectful of the community then you have to embed police officers into those communities to gather that intelligence but what we've been told is okay you can't gather intelligence from street checks right but we're not going to give you a new uh way to do that which is to embed the officers we're also going to reduce the number of police officers so what we've seen is A reduction in the amount of police officers, a reduction in proactive policing, staffing. And we've seen it across the board. It's not only impacting uh, homicide investigations. For instance, when we look at uh, provincial offense tickets in 2012, we issued 580,000 provincial offense tickets. And in 2016, we issued 245,000, less than half. So something's going on out there, and it's got to do with, you know, officers not having the availability to do the stops. And and a lot of times you're gathering intelligence, you're talking to people. So these interactions have gone down. Arrests, which is very concerning. In 2012, we went from 54,000 arrests down to 28,000 arrests in 2016. Mm -hmm. So we have seen, and, you know, either you can look at it in a couple ways when we look at impaired driving uh for instance in in 2011 we had 2007 uh uh, incidents and in 2016 we had 1379 you cannot tell me that toronto is the only jurisdiction where we're having an impact on people who are out there drinking and driving because in every other jurisdiction We've seen an increase or a steady line. So what we're seeing is a lack of enforcement, which all goes together in one big parcel of a diminished capacity to gather intelligence. I
0: would would suggest or, or think that, you know, in the last couple of years, certainly in the last year, we've seen a real division. So we've seen police officers not invited to Pride. We have had police officers essentially called liars, cheaters, you name it. I mean, the police have been under... Fire some of it warranted, a lot of times not. Um, right. Does that play into it? Because if I'm a police officer, I don't care what what jurisdiction I'm in. I, I'm I'm nervous to to be proactive on anything for fear that I'm going to be accused of something.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. That that has uh, we've been speaking about this for quite some time. Uh, our officers and our civilian employees of the Toronto Police Service feeling that the, the morale is at an all time low, and it's got a lot to do with that. That you know you can't do anything right, and that you're constantly being preyed upon uh, for all kinds of and like you said. Yeah, we do get things wrong, and, and, and that happens from time to time. But this whole notion that the police officers uh, are the enemy, and, you know, it was really interesting. I was talking to uh, a young woman who joined uh, the police service two years ago, and, and, she and you know, I asked her, I said, well, like, what do you, like, how is it going out there? And she goes, Mike, this is not the job that I thought I was signing up for. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, the amount of the public... Uh, perception the negativity I love my job I love what I'm doing I'm here for all the right reasons but I'm really overwhelmed by the negativity mm. and I think that does has does have an impact in our officers wanting to go out and engage and and do stuff in a proactive way yeah
0: look when when officers are being taken out of the school because of a small uh yeah. you know minority and yeah. we, we seem to be caving look there's no question that political uh politicians of all stripes are are pandering to small very vocal groups so, then my next question is, how do you solve this? I mean, who's actually willing to have an honest conversation about this?
1: <laughs> well, that, that, you know what? You, you find the people and give me a shout because I'd love to have an honest conversation because we've got to talk about really what's going on. And, you know, when, when I hear uh, some people, so, for instance, you know, when we talk about the homicide victims and the service saying, well, you know, we haven't had any more shootings necessarily than we had last year. When we look at what's going on out in our communities and, and we look across, like, what we, we call the homicides uh, and shooting victims. For instance, shooting victims for a number of years remained within a, a proximity around a 340 to about, t- or 250 to around a 340 then what we saw in 2015, it jumped to 429, and in 2016, 580, which is what we're gearing towards now. So this has become the new norm mm-hmm. that we're, we're seeing this, and the shooting occurrences were up to 407 from what we were in 2010 of 239. So we're seeing more people shot, we're seeing more victims Uh, multiple victims in shootings, and again, we really have to do something about this proactive policing component. We don't have the officers who are out there uh, able to do a proactive, when I say proactive, uh, the reactive component is us always responding to radio calls, and what our members are doing are going from radio call to radio call, and there is no time to do investigative, or relationship building, or community-based policing, proactive policing, pulling people over traffic stops, they're not going to be able to do that because they're going from call to call. So we're, you know, it ha- is having, I believe, a negative impact on intelligence gathering. And that's what we're hearing. And clearly we're seeing this by these types of numbers. They have to be alarming to people.
0: Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll continue watching this story and see how it's dealt with. Mike, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: It's Mike McCormick of the uh, Toronto Police Association.